0: You are listening to the Evolution Exchange Nordics podcast, bringing together the best technical leaders to talk about the industry, passions, and challenges that they're facing. I'm Abby Stokes, I help businesses connect with tech talent, and I'm your host for today's episode. Welcome to another installment of the Evolution Exchange podcast. Today, I'm joined by Cosette Wackmeister, Pamela Kivit, Margaret manjeri githinji and Ghazala Shahid to discuss women in tech. Before we get into the topic in a bit more detail, we're going to work our way around the room with some introductions. So, Cosette, would you like to kick us off?
1: Sure, Abby. Thank you for having me and, and great to see you again. Um, well, I've been in the tech industry for quite a, a long while now in, in different roles and companies. Uh, I myself has. I've co-founded three tech companies within different areas, but they've all been in in some kind of like tech, human, sustainability area, because that's where my my fire and my love lies. Um, Apart from being like a co-founder and CEO of Removement, a platform for carbon removal, um, I'm also a an advisor for an AI startup called Tendium, and I mentor female entrepreneurs in the Middle East and thought leadership. Uh, I have a very holistic view of entrepreneurship, which I think defines me a lot. And I believe that all areas around a business, um, everything from product, community, people, society, and, and the environment need to be addressed for the company to be successful. Apart from that, I'm married and I have two kids three and seven years old and I love hanging out with them of course um I love to have dinners with my friends and and watch movies and read about new cool things and yeah stuff like that I I like to nerd down in things so that's a little bit about me thank you
0: thank you Koza and Pamela would you like to go
2: next yes hello thank you and thank you for having me it's really really exciting so awesome opportunity me yeah I'm um, Pamela Kivit, as you said. I'm quite old, and I've been working in tech since exactly uh, two 1998, I would say. But I have um, a major in literature from the beginning. I just got into tech because I had a boyfriend then, and he showed me Linux, and I thought, oh, that's awesome. Since then, I've been working as everything you know, techy, uh, hands-on. I've been a project manager, a project leader. I've been a consultant I've been doing lots and lots of things and the last I would say 10 years I got into pki and working with that and into management as well uh, so different roles different things I like I like being a manager but I like being a tech a little bit more but one of the things that I really appreciate about my job is how humbling it is being a manager for people you know working with people and trying to make them the best that they can do it's such an amazing feeling so that's uh, that that's what i do uh, daily right now i work for nexus which is a digital authentication company and we do stuff that is really important you know pki certificates and stuff and we try to ensure the um sec- security of the people right in the in the internet era the digital era personally i'm also married and i have a kid she's a girl of 15 years old and fun fact about me i'm crazy about dinosaurs i love dinosaurs i even have a dinosaur suit and everything that has to do with dinos and godzilla and that kind of stuff um yeah, I love watching movies, reading, especially. I'm always reading, 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 reading. So I've read a lot of different things and enjoy being with people, with my friends. I love whiskey. That's it.
0: Perfect. Dinosaurs, whiskey, movies. Sounds like a good night. <laughs> Brilliant, lovely. Um, Margaret, would you like to introduce yourself next?
3: Yeah, thank you, Abby. So my name is Margaret Gidenji. I am from Nairobi, which is a Silicon Savannah. And I'm currently a product manager at Willa. Willa is a mobile app that sets creators free by giving them access to super fast money when they do collaborations with brands and agencies. And how did I end up in product management? Well, a lot of countries um, started off uh, after graduating Went into digital marketing when social media was hot, and a lot of companies didn't know what do we do with this platform. You know, how do we monetize? How do we increase our market share? So, that was a key defining moment for me being in an industry when technology was shifting uh, so much. So, did a couple of internships in Austria in uh, Istanbul for Microsoft, then moved to Sweden where I worked at Electrolux, led a project. On e-commerce, and then back to Kenya, did some cool stuff around um, the social media space and the solar industry. And then came back to Sweden where my product management career kicked off. And, you know, I I loved being here because there's a good work-life balance. And I got to transition to actually three different industries within my product management role. So from the video game industry at Paradox to InsurTech at Hedvig and now at Willa. And when I'm not doing product management, I am mentoring aspiring PMs through ADP List and also through the African Professional Network. And I also enjoy cycling, swimming and hiking.
0: Brilliant, lovely. And last but not least, Gazala.
4: Hello, so I am Ghazala and I am from Pakistan and now I am a tech lead at Volvo Cars. Um, I've been working as a front-end, back-end, full-stack Um, developer for like as long as I can remember. It's been almost 13 years. I started working even before I was graduated. Um, I wanted to do a lot of things in my life. I wanted to learn, uh, first of all, um, about coding so that I can start my career. That's why I did um, uh, computer science, honors in computer science. But when I started to work, I felt like, okay, I can, uh, I want to know the whole picture. I want to know how do you bring Features in a product. How do you estimate? How do you plan? And how do you help people uh, become the best version of themselves? Being their manager. How do you do these kind of stuff? So I enrolled myself into software project management degree. I, I did that, and then I was given an opportunity from my employer to work as a lead um, developer in multiple teams with different clients. So my most of my um, in most of my career, I was working with clients sitting in U.S., sitting in Middle East, sitting in. Uh, Um, uh, Singapore and stuff like that. So I had uh, an overview of different cultures uh, just by staying at one place. And I always wanted to, you know, relocate somewhere, try out different cultures. Um, And I came to Sweden then and started working for a startup. Uh, I love to work for startups because with startups, you learn a lot. Uh, You do multiple things. You wear multiple hats at the same time. And... You really grow um, in a, in an environment like that where you are more you're allowed to do multiple things not just you know following your role or your responsibilities um yeah so and uh, something personal about me i met my uh, boyfriend then and husband now uh, back in pakistan he was visiting his family he was settled in sweden like um when he was a child he moved to sweden and then his parents came back but he stayed um i met him uh and then um next thing I know that we are in a long distance relationship. And I, that's when I started to look for jobs in in Sweden because I wanted to come live with him. Um, So yeah, I started to look for jobs and I found two jobs and moved to Sweden. Um and now I'm really liking my life here because the culture is uh, inclusive, it's diverse, and I love the equality part of it because the country I am from, it's not very equal. Uh, being a woman, you always feel that uh, you need to prove yourself, you need to you win your place, you have to do more. Um, so people, as so all my life, I've been kind of victim of these things that when people look a girl, they think that oh she works, she might be working in HR or she might be working in marketing. So the techie fields are not for girls. So you really have to prove yourself. And if you are into dressing up and looking um, so presentable, then they don't believe because they believe you to wear a hoodie or a T-shirt if you are a developer. And I hated that fact. So nobody accepts you. Uh, But everything was so easy. Um, I liked the the inclusiveness part and the acceptance that that exists in the society. Uh, So I liked it. Fun fact about me, I like to draw henna tattoos. uh, And I do that a lot. Uh, So whenever somebody comes to my place um, and they are looking to to go for a tattoo, they ask me to draw it with henna first so that they get the feeling of how does it look and then they go for um, uh, the actual tattoos. So if any of you is looking for, I live in Gothenburg, you can come and I can (laughs) do tattoos as many as you want. And the second thing is I am so much into cooking food. Uh, I love to cook food and I love to feed people. Um, uh, I don't know. I have it inside me. Maybe it's coming from the culture because um, I've been taught to uh, to feed people, people who are not fortunate enough to, to buy their food. Um, so now me and my friend, we are working on something uh, to create a, a fusion of different recipes, sell it uh, in a food market. But we will also give uh, give away food for people who cannot buy, who cannot afford to buy their food, Uh, so that's what we're going to do. our aim is to start doing it from uh, next year uh, May, starting from summer. And there is another thing that I wanted to share. Yeah, I work with Pink Programming. Uh, there is this initiative who helps young girls to come into code, or any girl, any non-binary person. Uh, so I am a code mentor there. So I go and I organize that coding sessions so that people get to know about code, that it's not really that dry field. It's fun to create something with your hands and see it working. Um, so it's my way of giving something back to the, to the society. Um, that's all about me.
0: Nice. Lovely. So we can add tattoos um, and a good dinner to our night out then, Gazala, Thank you for that. (laughs) Um, but now that we've got a context to all of you, we'll move on to the topic in focus. You've all prepared a question around women in tech and as usual, we'll work our way around to the group where you can ask each of your questions and give your thoughts on the questions as well. So Ghazala, you are up first and you asked, how do you manage cultural issues and set the entire tone of how the culture in your organisation organization exists? Uh, so give us some context as to why you've asked that question and your thoughts and opinions.
4: Yeah, uh, so uh, I am... Um, I'm like 32 years old and I've working for 13 years and I've always worked in very diverse team and always faced some cultural issues Um, because when you come from uh, from a culture, you have a certain tone for your jokes, you have certain styles in how you communicate, you have certain styles, the way you talk to your colleagues or you talk to your bosses. And sometimes when you're working remotely. Um, and in in it it's so much possible that you're gonna meet people online people who you who you haven't met in real life. You don't know how they uh, how they do their things, how they talk, how they communicate uh, and you have a team with multiple cultures and now everybody is coming from, from a certain direction to, to align everybody together, to work on a goal, to work as a team. Sometimes it becomes a challenge. Um, I have noticed that people don't understand each other's joke. Uh, some things for other people get rude, some things for other people become uh, so friendly that they think that it's not professional, uh, but you need to, you know, respect each other's style. You want to make them feel inclusive, that they can be the way they want to be, uh, but still work in this team where other people are different than them. Uh, so this was the context. And because I started, uh, I was being a tech lead before, but that was not super diverse environment that was just two nationalities but now when i work in in sweden the culture is becoming more and more diverse in my team and uh, people coming from different places different locations and now the goal is to you know set the tone in the team, uh, which everybody enjoys and everybody can adapt to. Um, I have tried different things to 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 uh, you know to have um, team building activities to to have more options where we can do um, more meetups, more after work, both um, uh, in person and virtual, uh, virtually as well. But I'm still. Uh, observing that there are many things that I could do, but I don't know about these things yet. So I would love to to know your experience about it, that how did you um, solve the diversity or the cultural issues? Because it comes with both plus and minus points. Diversity makes you understand that how different people act and how can you be more and more adaptive, more and more flexible. But it also comes with a lot of challenges if you are on a leadership position, that how to buy Find people together and you know take them together towards a goal. Um, some people they don't like to talk. Some people are like, like me. They like to talk a lot. Uh, some people like to you know work uh, and then just focus on working. They don't want to talk or communicate so much. They want to be more independent. So how how do you uh, solve these kind of challenges? in your teams or in your organization, if it's so diverse that, you know, you still want to respect different cultures. Uh, You want them to be themselves the way they are, represent their culture, but you also want them to, um, uh, you know, to follow a certain culture. That exist in your organization. Sometimes you have to change the culture that exists in your organization. Maybe you had all Swedish. Maybe you had all people from uh, from from the UK, or maybe you had all Americans who who go like, "Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it," and everything is like so high paced. But then uh, someone from Sweden comes and says, yeah, we would like to keep it balanced Lagum, And there is no reason for us to shout and go crazy and super excited about this small thing. So how do you
1: solve it? Um, I, I don't know how to solve it. But if I could just like something that usually works whenever there's, you know, different opinions or perspectives and, and stuff is that start by being 100% transparent like with the, the people can say the team the, the team or the organization or, or whatever people is involved in this um, can but just be blunt and say like what do you think is weird with others, with other people's cultures and the team and talk about the weirdness and talk about what, what, you know, oh yeah, because the, the people from Pakistan, they do this. And the people from Lebanon, which I am, they do this and the people from Sweden, they do this and, and maybe it's, it can actually create a more feeling of connection through not having the same culture and actually, from that, try to build your cultures, like everyone has their, but what's our team culture how do we how do we do something really good with the different perspectives that we have? Oh, I love that thing that they do in Pakistan they have a they give you lunch every three days. Let's do that in our team and like kind of build your own with everyone's different things
2: yeah, I think so it's uh, I have a very diverse team as well, and I've had before I have the Um, lack to work in very diverse companies lately. And one thing that I've done usually is to have these open discussions about, first of all, you get to know the person you, you really need to know your team, right? You need to know each one of them and you need to know what ticks, what doesn't tick because then you have a ground to find something that is, that works for everybody i found that being just like Cosette says, transparent helps a lot and have those conversations in the open. This is what we do. Have them introduce themselves, introduce their cultures. What I've seen so far is that everybody's willing to find the middle ground. I haven't found anywhere that, oh no, it needs to be like this. Uh, let's go more to, to this side. And People are very open in general, I think. But most of all, everybody needs to be respectful and needs to be, uh, yeah, take care that the other person uh, never attack them, never do anything like that. And i found that it, it builds itself, this culture. But it, also another thing that Cosette uh, named as well that is super important, there's two things, right? It's a team culture. And you have a team like I have over several countries and you have the company culture. not, not, Not necessarily much. In my humble opinion, I think the team culture is super important because it's how we work and how we deliver what we need to deliver. And then try to adapt that to whatever the company's goals are and the culture is. But I think... Values, in that sense, are more important than culture, right? And the team can always take care of themselves, even if they have, you know, problems with the other teams or whatever. We can always take care of ourselves and cover our backs and help out. And then the role as a, as a leader then would be to interpret that to what the rest of the, of the company.
3: Yeah, I think in, in, that is something that a lot of organizations face, especially now. Maybe it's a bigger challenge. Given that so many people are based, you know, off remote locations. So for us, something that we are doing even in in our teams is starting with the end in sight. So when you're with your team, ask them, and and Pamela, you've said it really well, um, be very open and say, what is our team mission? Where do we want to be? So when we have that vision, and then you have a mission. What is this team's mission within the wider organizational objectives? And then everyone's like, yeah, that's our mission. How do we get there? What do we need to be able to get there? We need good processes. What is good to you maybe is different for me. And so also having alignment on the standards of what do we need to get to that mission. So having the end in sight And then number two, building the relationships, because that will cultivate a culture of trust and empathy. And I would also say like having an audit of the current status. So if that's our mission, where are we currently? What are the things that we think are not working for us? And when you have that audit, you're able to separate the issues from the personalities, And then people look at the issues and focus on the issues. And there you have a weighted strategy.
1: Yeah, and if I can just add to that, uh, Margaret, I I love everything you said. And also like with the mission and the vision, I think a lot of people, when, when companies grow, they're sitting there and it's like a bit of, like the old ways when you were working at the, you know, working at the mill and you just saw your small thing. And without the bigger picture, where are we going? What do we want to do? Because that connects to and that, you know, connects people to each other, knowing and having that common goal and actually knowing why Not say we're building this system. But why are we building this system? It's because we want to help people do this and that and that. So like having that end really end end like customer goal or if it's an organizational goal or whatever in sight is also helpful, I think, for people to feel connected to each other and and a part of a um. Yeah, a collective thing.
3: Yeah, exactly. And Gazala, the the example you gave like of the American culture where it's like, yes, let's do this. Let's do this. Being able to channel that energy into why are we the best team to do it? And so pulling on people's strengths so they can be like, okay, you're bringing in the technical aspect, you're bringing in the analysis, the UX aspect, the PM aspect, it's like, OK, here's our winning strategy. We've got a great team. Now let's get to work.
1: And and I also I, I, I want to give you like a really concrete example. There's a workshop called Skills Market. And we did that here a while ago. And, and I've been telling other p- teams to do it because a lot of people sit with hidden skills because it's not their primal job or prime primary job or, or skill that's on their CV. And You don't know them, but when you do the skills market, you actually see that people are sitting with a lot of hidden skills and the the one side of it is what can I sell and the other part of what, what do I want to buy? So in that way, you can also connect your team by them educating each other with skills that they have that they don't know about. So it's, oh, you have that. I want that. So you connect them by that too.
2: If I may. Uh, One more thing that I think it's especially for those who are in Sweden that I think it's important as a leader concerning the culture and how to how to work in these diverse teams to be not afraid of confrontation. (laughs) I think it's mostly the Swedes that are really really afraid of confrontation, and I see how frustrating it is for teams, not only my teams, but in general, because. All of this lagom, lagom means right in the middle, not gray, not black, not white, like it needs to be so that everybody's happy, but it doesn't work out when you're working with people. So don't be afraid of the confrontation because confrontations makes us stronger and better. There's not one single day that you don't learn something from having a confrontation. And I'm not talking about violent confrontations. It's just, you know, arguments and understanding that maybe you will never come to an understanding with that other person. It's super important and it makes you grow a lot. And it makes the team as well grow a lot. And I think it's especially important with diverse teams. And I'm talking all colors, all cultures and all sexuality and you know gender identification super super important
1: can i um can i say something about that uh, yes in and 100% and um sorry i was going to comment on that but i i was going to say i'm sorry
2: <laughs> you distracted yourself <laughs> Exactly. It's okay. <laughs> I would like worry. to see that stream of consciousness
0: just, without, without the censorship.
1: Like, so <laughs> I could even listening to Pamela like, "Wow," and I lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's okay don't worry has anyone else got any other final thoughts or shall we move on to the next question
4: yeah i would like to say thank you to everybody for sharing uh, their thoughts on it i got a lot of good ideas and uh this is not only for me but for everybody who is looking uh to create uh, a fun and enjoyable work environment uh for everybody so that we can you know be the best version of ourselves um uh, for me, uh, it's like uh, the thing uh, that uh, everybody said about um, being more inclusive, get the, the strength outs out of everybody, get the best out of everybody, see that what they are good at, what they are best at, and then put, bring it all together to work as a team. Sometime uh, maybe you end up knowing that a person uh, doing, or being a designer is actually better uh, as a product owner if uh, given the chance or the person uh, being a PO is better at being a Scrum Master or something. So you should be allow people to try different things regardless of the culture, regardless of uh, color or, uh, or gender identification and stuff like that. Uh, I really, really liked these ideas. Um, and I like you said that um, bring the or pick the thing that you like most about the culture and Add that into your team. I think that was the star of the of the whole conversation, that idea. I really liked it. We
1: have Pamela, I, that I, I, remembered, I remembered what I was going to say because I love the thing you said about confrontation, right? And how in Sweden we're afraid of confrontation because we see it as a conflict. And the problem is when you go in with someone uh, and seeing... Uh, You know, thinking that developing them is a conflict or a confrontation, then that's what you're going to bring to that meeting, right? But if you see it as if I don't do this, I'm actually deriving that person of development. If you're seeing that you're actually doing something good for them, pushing them forward, you will come into the meeting with a whole different energy. You have like this, I am here today to help you grow instead of like, oh, okay, today we're going to talk about something that's not working out. It's it's. It's a whole different thing to bring to the table and just there in the beginning to just see the thing as different um, from this different aspects.
2: Yeah, great. Um, may I just add one thing about what you said, kasala And uh, thank you for the question because it's really, really, really good. And I don't think we can talk about it in three hours. It's going to take forever, but hopefully we're going to meet again. <laughs> um, what I wanted to say was um, about letting people try other things. My personal my personal idea of being a leader is like i said before bring out the best of people you know in my position right now as the head of uh, tech support it's very difficult to hire people extremely difficult and in my branch it takes a year and a half for the people to get where they can actually work alone so it's a lot of investment from their part and from my part as well and You know, people are so afraid to lose people. I'm telling you, it hurts so much when one person from the team leaves, but push them. Don't be afraid. Just go for it because there's nothing, nothing more rewarding than seeing that person that was in your team before somewhere else being a start and shining. Is really the best. And that's what I always want to do. And I'm not afraid to tell the per- the people, okay, so what do you see yourself in one, two, three, four years? What would you like to do? Or, Gasala, like you said, maybe you see that that person fits better in another role. Just encourage them. And sometimes they're going to be like, mm, I better like what I'm doing
4: or I'm good at what I'm doing. Yeah, but just give it a try because, you know, you're going to shine. You're going to shine. Yeah, Um. It's recently this thing happened with me that I joined... My team. It was a super new team, and I was not finding the the place where every one of us like on the right pace or sinking together. It was a challenge because I joined as a tech lead, and I am the most new person in the team. And I actually need their help to tell me about the the domain, the product, how things work. But I because I am a tech lead now, they want something from me, but I cannot produce until I know everything. So it was a very difficult situation to be in where people wanted to see how capable i am without telling me about the product and it was because of different cultures it was because we did not have enough trust in each other we did not know each other we joined in during COVID time we did not meet each other in person and i I don't know out of the blue i tried to appreciate them to encourage them more that, hey, it was really good what you did there. It was really great uh, how you handled that situation or that meeting where I did not have enough to say, but you handled it really, really well. So the time I started uh, giving them more encouragement from my side it started to work out really really well for, for most of the people because everybody is looking for recognition everybody is looking for acceptance and you know some appreciation from uh, from a higher uh, position in within their team or from the boss from the manager and when you start to do that when you start to tell them that they did what they did good, instead of telling them what they did not do good. So uh, my approach was, previously I said, ah, onboarding is not good, onboarding is not good. But that, I changed it. I started talking about what is good. And then the same people who were not willing to, you know, help a lot, uh, they thought that it's a waste of time for them to write documentation for a new person who can come and just, you know, read it and, you know, start working. They thought that it's a waste of time. The same people uh, started to write uh, documentation on whatever they did in the team because of the appreciation. There was no process existed before to write a documentation or how to onboard a person in in a in the team, especially if that person is a little bit on a. Um, uh, if you are trying to create a hierarchy in the team, so it was difficult. Um, so. That worked, but not with everybody, because some people, they're like, yeah, I know I am the best. So uh, some people need more than that. Uh, some people know that they are really good at their job and they are self-motivated, so they are not relying on the appreciation. So just to be clear, but some people need they they need this constant appreciation to feel motivated. We are different people. Some people are, um, you know, they need they rely less on their co-workers uh, for appreciation, for recognition. But some people do. Uh, and it varies culture to culture as well, uh, and it can vary uh, from background as well that how, uh, for example, for me, uh, I I have seen the, the gender inequality part. So that's my hot button. That's my weak point. If I see something remotely connected to that, I go crazy. Not again. Not here. Not again. Uh, I go like that. And You need to know the trigger points of people as well, what they absolutely hate and what they will love. Uh, so th- that's another, that's another thing uh, from my side to, to add into that. That's what I tried. It worked for some people and for some it didn't. Um, yeah, but good, uh, input from everybody. I have a lot of ideas. A lot of things are popping in my mind right now. A lot <laughs> of things that uh, a said about defining a process and auditing the process as well, that what's working and what's not working. Um, super cool.
0: Brilliant. Yep.
1: Sorry, Margaret. Go. Oh, Abby.
0: <laughs> no, we'll just move on to the next. It's okay. We'll move on to the next question now. Um and Margaret, it is your question. And you asked, do you feel that like you have to choose between leading with empathy and leading with authority to influence key decisions at your workplace as a woman in tech? So tell us a bit more about your question.
3: Yeah, empathy and leadership, I think, uh, the two, you know, key success factors in also shaping the culture of the organization. And given that not so much research had been done on empathy, but now currently we have a lot of research that shows the correlation between empathy, innovation and inclusivity and retention, um, and even the, the business performance. So the reason why I ask this question is, you know, if you identify as a woman, um, how have you been able to channel the empathy you have into growing the team, into understanding, uh, into creating a psychologically safe workspace where people can come with an open mind, where people can establish trust and so that empathy isn't used As a weapon to put you down, but it's used as a superpower because through that empathy, then you have you're leading with influence and not just authority. So that the team is choosing to be led by you because they can trust you, because you've shown them empathy, as opposed to I'm following so-and-so because they have this title. It's more like I am driven to follow them because they are leading from a position of empathy.
1: Mar- Margaret, thank you for an awesome question. And empathy is a superpower. And now is our time to shine. I'm sorry, I'm sounding very much like uh, like an activist at the moment. But finally, the world has realized that empathy and leadership are like this. And the leaders that are most promoted now and that are really doing a great job, both organizational, you know, people-wise, business-wise, revenue-wise, are leaders with empathy, and now we women don't have to say, "Oh, you're so sensitive." Yeah, I know. We can say, "Yeah, I am." Exactly. Isn't that awesome. Yes. Yeah, yes. I, I exactly. love it. I love that you took uh, that you asked this question, Margaret, because I think that that's the just like a. Uh, <clears throat> I feel like through the years uh, in tech, I've uh, that's of course with me, but I felt like maybe I have to be more of a manly woman to actually be able to lead and to be respected by my bosses who are all men and, and many times respected by authority and and be authoritative um but the thing is that all my women qualities are the ones that make me the leader that i am and i love that and there is you don't have to choose between being empath, 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 em, em, empathetic and empathetic empathetic Jesus Christ. Uh having empathy, I'm just going to do the word a different way. <laughs> having empathy or being authoritative, you can actually well, the thing is when you when you show people empathy, they want to follow you uh, even though you, you know, because you're true and you're real and you're authentic and that's just that's what you, you know, that's what makes people follow you in whatever mission you have. Yeah.
2: Yes. And uh, also that it, that is yeah. Exactly. Excellent question. Excellent answer from Cosette. And I totally agree. I think now I'm 53 years old. So I've seen and done a lot. And, you know, one goes from like super arrogant when one is young to like a little bit better and better and better. But one thing that I can tell you is that, yes, you can be very empathetic. But that doesn't mean that you don't set rules, that you don't have a certain amount of discipline and respect, right? You can be the most empathetic person ever, but if you're just going to be, I don't know, Shaggy from Scooby-Doo, who's super empathetic, but where does it going to lead you? Just to Scooby Snacks and nothing else. You need to have also um, ideas, structure, uh, you need to have also leadership, like I said before, not be afraid to say no, not be afraid to confront, not be afraid to take, and you can still do that being super empathetic right you don't need to be authoritative or you don't need to be square or you don't need to be like bah, 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 you know like a military camp. Uh, I think it all goes together, and that's that's why I think women are better leaders than men, and yes, I am an activist. I don't care. I say it, you know, I'm old enough. Yeah. I, I really don't care. here, here. Yeah, no, but it's true. And it's because we see so much more because we have a home. Even if you don't have a family, we still have a home. We still have our families. We have our mothers, our parents, you know, siblings or whatever. We have this uh, community uh, relationship, this community uh, duties, I will call it. And and not because uh, we're forced to, it's because it, it's in us always, and that is in all cultures, inclusive the Swedish culture or other cultures like mine. I'm from Chile, right, where we are a very tight community. And sorry to say this, but not many men do that because they have had other things to do or other ways of going into their careers. So women are, I think, m- empathetic because we're women. And because we do all the things that we do.
4: Yeah, uh, it's an awesome question. I am feeling so much overwhelmed with a lot of feelings because you, you, most of the time, people, society gives you this impression that if you are a leader, you have to be like, you know, really uh, strong in your authority. You have to be the the really boss figure or something like that. Uh, but I don't agree with that. I, I don't agree that you cannot be um, uh, like empathetic or soft or emotional being a leader. I, I think you don't have to be perfect being a leader. The, the thing that makes people follow you is like when you are sharing your failures with them. You're telling them that you are not perfect. You reached at this spot by making mistakes and learning from them. And you let people do mistakes and help them to avoid these mistakes from happening in future. That's when people see that you have that, that emotions. You are not just writing or noting down their failures, the mistakes that they did, and telling them in, an, in the next meeting, hey, dude, you did this, did this, that didn't work, sorry, you're not getting a raise, bye-bye. It, it's not like, it shouldn't be like that. You, you keep telling people that there you did good, and here you made a mistake that I made. In my career, you don't have to tell them in a way, oh, when I was younger, not good enough, then I made a mistake, but now I am better. Not and you have to be like me, not like that. You just tell them that you made this mistake and you learn from it. And I, you want other person to grow in their own way. Um So I, I like everybody said, that you don't have to choose from one way uh, to show the authority or show the. Authority. You you choose uh, to to show it when it's needed. Uh, you know that it's a human you're talking to. It's it's a team of people like real human being living beings and you need to show your emotions all the time but uh, i i don't call it authority but i think you should not be afraid to to be in a difficult situation uh to take a difficult decision that's where it comes you it's not about showing your authority it's showing that you are strong enough to to make a difficult choice you're strong enough to make, to do something that is hurting you. I mean, we leave things that we love, uh, for, for a greater good sometime. Um, that's being strong. That's being able to take or make a difficult choice, uh, in your life, in your professional life in your career or in your personal life Sometimes uh we have to let i for example when i was moving to sweden i was moving to live with my boyfriend uh, and husband now but i i had to leave my cat with my parents because it's a new life i cannot leave my I cannot bring my cat with me i i don't know how how would i manage i have a job waiting for me uh, and nobody will be home to take care and i'm too um it's it's too difficult for me to let the let the cat out uh people, there's a song who let the dog out that's going <laughs> with my mind now but yeah you cannot uh so but you you make difficult uh, decisions and that's that's where uh, a good leader comes in that yeah i am i am capable of taking that uh, difficult decision or making that choice i tried this and this and this didn't work so now i have to stop so it's not giving up it's like knowing when to you know back off
1: yeah when to stop trying it's like always showing Showing your teammates that you have their back it's like, you know, with the decisions you make and being very clear. And, and also, I don't have the answers to everything just because yes. I'm a manager, or leader or CEO or whatever. I don't have the, the, the answers to everything. That's why we're a team, <laughs> you know, so that we can have the answers together and and, and discuss things, too. Um, yeah. 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 All, of, all of your answers were. ah spot on yeah one yeah.
2: one thing
3: that oh, sorry margaret please please because that when you when you say yeah as a leader that there could be an expectation that you know you have the answer to everything but but it's not and i think that's where the gift of vulnerability comes into play here yeah because yeah. you know vulnerability is what builds that trust
1: is what yeah, and you show the others that it's okay if you don't have the answers, tell me. If you don't have the answer, we'll get there together.
3: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And that is it's what pulls in the, yeah, the people together that, okay, we're in this together. Let's figure this out together. And that develops the sense of ownership and accountability so that when you get to that milestone and you put that flag on the peak of the mountain, you're like, look at how far we came. And this is not just this is the win for the leader, but it's a win for the team.
2: So uh, let me say one thing, because we all agree we're all on the same page and everything and everything is peachy, rosy. (laughs) What happens then when management comes and tells you, no, you need to do this now or we're going to do it from this way on? And you don't like that. And the team doesn't like that.
1: I would I would. My first question would be uh, why? And what is the purpose of what we're doing? Because maybe you don't like what you're doing, but you can actually enjoy the purpose or or agree with that or just discuss why are we doing this and, and what's the end point? Oh, is the end point, like Margaret was talking about too, like what's the goal here and, 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 and why? Why? Never stop asking why. That's also a way of like four whys before you're satisfied. But you've gone through all of that
2: and you don't like it. You still don't like it. You've talked about it. It's something that you don't agree with that's simple but you have a team and it needs to be done
1: really good
4: Um, question yeah i i think being a leader uh that's very important uh personality trait to being able to create a win-win situation uh, that you do something and you get something so even if you don't want to do a thing but you can still choose the way you want to do that. So, for example, uh, I don't want to. We are trying to off-shelf or trying to put something, um, remove it from our product as a feature. But everybody, my whole team, absolutely love to work on that feature. They so they super connect with that feature. Um, they love it. But now the the company decided to stop working on that feature. We are not doing it anymore. It's just not the right time to do it. Now you find your, you ask your team, what's your second best thing uh, that you would like to do? Because this is what we are not doing. I had tried everything and I, I'm really sorry. I cannot uh, convince these people to keep doing it. So what do you suggest? What would you like to do other than that? Uh, I don't want you to feel that you don't have any choice here. I want to, I want to give you choice. So you give people choices. Every time you make them feel that they have a choice, um, you are—it's not coming as an order that this is only one and only one thing that they should do. You, you should be able to create win-win situations uh, together with your team and your your managers or your bosses. Uh, so that people feel that they are being treated as people, they are not being treated as you know subordinates or people who would just follow the the, the others. So, uh, think creating a win-win situation, thinking, talking about it, giving it enough time before you can put it in front of team, and. Tell them that let's find a solution together. Give them this option that, you know, I, I know I feel like lost. I, I feel like completely lost right now, but let's find something together. Like, uh, like you said before, that uh, I, you don't have all the answers, but you get there together, together with your team. Uh, so use it again. I, I would use it again. Uh, I would put it in front of my team and ask them to let's create a situation, a win-win situation.
1: I I really love that answer, but I have to say from like a CEO perspective, I would think that the organization has failed in um, getting everyone towards our goal because maybe that this feature isn't actually bringing in any money. And so we won't be able to keep our employees if we keep doing this feature that's not bringing in money. So I think it's a it's a much more like management issue. If you get there, then then it's a bigger issue than just the feature or what a team doesn't want to do. Nice. We're
2: going
0: to move on to the last question now, which is yours, Pamela. And you asked, what is the one thing that makes you stay in tech in spite of any difficulties or challenges? What is so cool or satisfying that you want to stick around? So tell us a bit more about your question.
2: Yeah. Okay. so uh, being an activist and feminist and everything that you want to put a tag on on me, um, You go through all of this, um, your own experiences as a woman in tech. And I think enough has been said. Everybody knows that it's terrible. And you have been or you know about stuff that happens daily in our lives. You see what happens with young girls and with uh, women that want to change or people that want to change to a a technical career. And basically makes you want to cry. But, you know, yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> Why are we staying then in tech? Why should more people that do not identify as men come into tech? And from my from my own uh, very humble, uh, one of the few humble things that I can say about myself, but um, from, a, from a humble perspective is because I'm not the best at anything when it comes to tech, right? Uh, I'm, I'm not a programmer. I'm not the uh, DevOps engineer. I'm not this, I'm not that. I'm, I'm a techie, you know. I, I know firewalls, I'm not networking. I know Linux. I know a lot of things, really, a lot of things, but not one, one simple thing that I'm like, oh, I'm the best at that, no. But I think every single day I wake up and when I read the news and I check what's going on on tech, you know, these blogs or sites or whatever, and it comes something that is like, oh, God, that, that is so awesome. That is so awesome. And you just start thinking, you know, in my in my little mind, like, oh, when my daughter is older, this is gonna be there and it's gonna be there for her, it's gonna be probably better for everybody. So, in my own opinion, I think that tech will never ever stop amazing us. And another thing is that I think that technology has been, of course, and will keep on making the lives of people better. And I'm looking forward to that day and I don't know when, when most of the nations in the world are at the same level, we don't have anymore this first world nation, third world nation and whatever, I don't care. Everybody's gonna be platinum world uh, level. And all of that thanks a lot to technology. I think that technology is the way forward on absolutely everything. If you cut technology, then you actually cut, uh, well, not only science, right? You cut life. So that, that for me is the thing. And I think that um, young people, especially young people are in a position where they can get all the power that they want to change the world for the better. And that's why I want more people there. And because we talked about empathy, that's why I want more women into technology. Make it even better. Make it better for us. Make it better for everybody.
1: Yeah, here, here. Well, I think tech is freaking amazing and the possibilities are endless. So, so it's a, it's a, yeah, it's just such an interesting space, and I mean, it's everywhere today. It's not like tech and everything else; tech is just like a part of everything. So it's, it's for me, it's just like such a natural thing to be in. I've always had a thing for tech since I was a kid. So, but also, I think it's important to have role models out there, like I said, for women, for for girls, that this is actually possible. And I mean, sometimes isn't it just like kind of nice and challenging to? You know, work in a space where it's a bit more difficult. People ask me, like, why would you want to be a female founder of a tech company? You only get one percent of all the investments. Like, yeah, bring it on.
2: <laughs> <laughs> great,
3: great. I like that. And and yeah, it's it's also the same for me. Like, I want to be that role model. I want to be that person that my daughter and and other women when they're growing up, they will see people who look like them in the, in the industry because representation matters. Yes. If I don't see someone who looks like me doing something I, I, I want to do when I grow up, then I will maybe I will have the impression that it's not for me. But the more people I see who look like me, who, okay, that's a person of color, that's an African woman and she's in technology, I'd be like, wow, so I can also make it, you know, if she made it and she came from here and now she's doing this, it becomes more realistic. So for me, being a role model is key. Uh, Representation matters and impact, 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 impact. The more you're there, the more you can speak on behalf of those who are not there, the more that it becomes believable. It, it, It stops being a dream. It starts becoming a reality for more people.
1: Yeah, absolutely love what
4: both of you said. I also... Want to uh, be that role model, uh, be that person who was the. When you you know that there is the saying that who was the or which one was the first drop of rain, uh, who you know willingly fall on the ground to uh, for good, you know to to hydrate the 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 ground or whatever to give water to the plants or whatever. But who was the first one to start it? I I want part of that change. I want to be part of that initiative. I, like you said, Margaret, that when a per, when you see somebody looking like you, going, coming from the similar background, coming from facing same kind of issues, you, you instantly find the connection. You instantly f- feel familiar with that person or with that organization who has a lot of different ethnicities, different cultures. And you feel comfortable you just feel comfortable. I, I've been into uncomfortable situation being uh, only one tech lead uh, in, in at whole company being one developer in uh, female developer in one company being only one female at, at this place at that place. And um, I am tired of this. I want to encourage more girls to come and don't be afraid of being the only one. That's how we will be the, the many. Like, that's how we will, uh, you know, be or achieve that position where we are like 50% and 50%. Um, so I, I, I want to be that person. I want to, to take that difficult situation or be into that difficult situation. So, people from later time or from my daughter, if I have any later on or other girls for that matter they don't feel afraid that they'll be alone they feel like yeah they'll be they don't have to change uh, their ways they don't have to to do manly stuff to be among guys they don't have to do wear the same clothes that everybody else is wearing they can be whatever they want to be and still work uh in a career or take a profession that they want to i i want to encourage people uh, that's that's what keep me keeps me going um some previously people were used to say that oh why you are public uh, you are making it so public or you're advertising it so much that you are a woman or you're a woman in tech and you have so many problems just get done with it stop talking about it but why these problems still exist I want to talk about it because I want to solve it it's not a card for me to play to gain you know a place no that's a, that's for me to express that you need to solve these problems because I am facing these. Other girls are facing these problems. So I I wanna solve these things. I wanna be your role model. I wanna be seen the way I am without changing myself uh to you know to be more like a guy i, I don't want to do that i don't want to toughen up I, I want to be emotional i want to stay soft the way i am I, I i don't want to to do these jokes who make other people uncomfortable to be part of the group I don't want to. I I just want to change it. And that's what keeps me going. I want to work on something that I feel connected with. I want to work on something that makes people's life easier. I want to work on all the cool stuff. That's what keeps me going. Um, there And I, like you said, it can never be completely finished, the work. There will be much more to do. There will be many things. And one day there will be so... so So equal, there will be no first word, third word or second word or anything like that. We all will be like same and, you know, because we all are same by the end of the day. We all want similar things. We all want happiness. We all want satisfaction. We all want to be, you know, stress free, depression free. We all want to be happy. So why create these barriers? I I want to to just break these barriers. I want to create break that glass wall that that I see between me and Lee, or going to a like management position. There is like a wall that I cannot break. I cannot see, but there is something, and I need to break it. I I need to change it.
2: Yeah, well said, well said. Yeah, Thank you.
1: Really well said. Can, can I just like add something because there's a very there's a a, a a big risk in women not working in tech because then all the products that we build will also be built from an unequal, unequal perspective. So Is that bias, AI, yeah. AI, are we gonna build in our bias in AI? So, I mean, there's a lot of these things. That's why we would need to be represented by different people, nationalities, genders, whatever people identify as, but you know, All of those things, if they're not represented in the tech space, then there is a, it can actually be a really big problem in the future. So it's not only about, you know, it's not a nice thing to have. It's actually a freaking must have if we're going to have a good future. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Brilliant. We'll leave the podcast there. This has been the Evolution Exchange podcast. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Gazala, Margaret, Pamela, and Cosette for providing your insights into the topic. And thank you all to the listeners as well. If you would like to get involved in one of our upcoming podcasts, reach out to me on LinkedIn or by email at abby.stokes at evolution-nordigs.com. See you next time.